Um, welcome to this next episode of Solas and Science. In this upcoming series and episodes, we're going to be doing audio recordings of scripture. This is in preparation for some analysis and some instruction of principles that we plan to do um, and connecting it to real life daily circumstances along with guest interviews, etc. The book for today that we will be focusing on is the letter of Paul to the Galatians. Chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, not through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. But you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him fifteen days. I saw none of the other apostles except James the Lord's brother. And what I am writing to you before God I do not lie. And I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was Greek. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery, them we did not yield in submission, 
even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God shows no partiality. Though I say who seemed, those I say who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised, worked also through me from high into the Gentiles. And when James and Cephas and John seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and to me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before a certain man came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. The rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, said to Cephas before them all, If you though a Jew live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ, and not by works of the law because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if in our endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners, is Christ a servant of sin? Certainly not. But if I rebuild what I, what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For though the law, for through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if Christ's righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for no purpose. Chapter 3 O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? This you supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, do so by works of the law or by hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide, all things written in the book of the law and do them. 
now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. The righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Christ is everyone hanging on the tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit of faith. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one annuls it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring. It does not say unto offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. Unto your offspring, who is Christ, this is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to make it make the promise void. If the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. It was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. If a law had been given that could give life, and righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So that the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. Now the faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. I mean that the heir, as long as chapter 4, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem, redeem those who were under the law. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Our Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. Formerly, when you didn't know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not God. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am. If I also have become as you are, you did me no wrong. 
you know it was because of the body, the ailment, that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. Why then become your enemy by telling you the truth? They make much of you for no, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, that you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for the purpose, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, for whom I am again in anguish of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you desire to be under the law. Do not listen to the law. Do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. But the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman was born through the promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery, to his Hagar. Now Hagar is Mount, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, where she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear, break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time, he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit. So also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. So brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. The freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, chapter 5, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Identify again to every man who accepts circumcision, he is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you have fallen away from grace. But through the Spirit, by faith we ourselves, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You are running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who called you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view. The one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brother, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsell you would emasculate themselves. For you who were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Thy say, 
walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, for the works of the flesh I have in it. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But in such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Chapter 6 Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself, as you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each one test his own work, and let his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not in his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who's taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those of the household of faith. See, with what large letters I am writing to you with my own hand, is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they might, may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that you, that they, may boast in your flesh. But far be it for me to boast, except in the cross of our, Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. For neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. So, this version of the book of Galatians was from the English Standard Version. Particularly, it was from um, the English Standard Version. So, so key things to note. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter in the late 40s AD. Um, of course, he was writing to the Roman province of Galatia. Some key ideas in this book. Um, we hold scripture in high regard. Believe it's divinely inspired, um, it's inerrant, infallible, incorruptible. We believe scriptures God breathes, um, men were inspired by the Holy Spirit, and we hold fast to the ideas, um, especially 
on the fruits of the spirit. And we also see that God is sovereign over all times, places, and persons. We know that knowing Christ um, opens up space for the incomparable fruit of the Holy Spirit. Faith in Christ joins believers to the heritage of Abraham. And we see in this book an indirect appeal, Paul's ministry and the gospel, direct appeals to the Galatians, life in the spirit and love, and Paul's final warning. There will be more analysis to come on the book of Galatians in later episodes and its connection to science and its importance to particular scientific guests later on in this podcast series. Connecting into real life daily circumstances along with guest interviews, etc. The book for today that we will be focusing on is the letter of Paul to the Galatians. Chapter 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men, not through man, through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers who are with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary the one we preach to you, let him be a curse. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people, so extremely zealous was I for the traditions of my fathers. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, and who called me by his grace, was pleased to reveal his son to me, in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas and remained with him fifteen days. I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And what I am writing to you before God, I do not lie. And I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. I was still a known person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us, now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. 
I went up because of a revelation and set before them, though privately before those who seemed influential, the gospel I proclaim among the Gentiles, in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. Even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was Greek. Yet because the false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom we have in Christ Jesus, so that they might bring us into slavery. To them we did not yield in submission, even for a moment, so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And from those who seem to be influential, what they were makes no difference to me. God chose no partiality. Though I say who seemed, those I say who seemed influential added nothing to me. On the contrary, when they saw that I had been entrusted with the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been entrusted with the gospel to the circumcised, for he who worked through Peter for his apostolic ministry to the circumcised, worked also through me from I to the Gentiles. When James and Cephas and John seemed to be pillars, perceived the grace that was given to me, they gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas unto me, that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. Only they asked us to remember the poor, the very thing I was able to do. But when Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before a certain man came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. The rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? We ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in, Je in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law. Because by works of the law, no one will be justified. But if not endeavor to be justified in Christ, we too were found to be sinners. Is Christ a servant of sin? Certainly not. But if I rebuild what I, what I tore down, I prove myself to be a transgressor. For though the law, for through the law, I died to the law, so that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not nullify the grace of God, for if righteousness were through the law, then Christ died for my purpose. Chapter 3. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? It was before your eyes that Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you only this. Did you receive the Spirit by works of the law, or by hearing of faith? Are you so foolish? Having begun by the Spirit, are you now being perfected by the flesh? Did you suffer so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? As he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, do so by works of the law, and by hearing of faith. 
Just as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness, know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham, saying, In you shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. For all who rely on works of the law under a curse, for it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. The righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Christ is everyone hanging on a tree. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive the promised spirit of faith. To give a human example, brothers, even with a man-made covenant, no one involves it or adds to it once it has been ratified. Now the promises were made to Abraham and to his offspring, it does not say unto offsprings, referring to many, but referring to one. And to your offspring, who is Christ, this is what I mean. The law, which came 430 years afterward, does not annul a covenant previously ratified by God, so as to make it make the promise void. For if the inheritance comes by the law, it no longer comes by promise. God gave it to Abraham by a promise. Why then the law was added because of transgressions, until the offspring should come to whom the promise had been made. It was put in place through angels by an intermediary. Now an intermediary implies more than one, but God is one. Is the law then contrary to the promises of God? Certainly not. If a law had been given that could give life, and righteousness would indeed be by the law. But the scripture imprisoned everything under sin, so that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. And before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming faith would be revealed. So that the law was our guardian until Christ came, in order that we might be justified by faith. And now the faith has come, we are no longer under our guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. But as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's no male and female, so you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. I mean that the heir, as long as, chapter 4, I mean that the heir, as long as he is a child, is no different from a slave, though he is the owner of everything. He is under guardians and marriages until the date set by his father. In the same way, we also, when we were children, we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law, to redeem, redeem those who were under the law. so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out of our Father. So you're no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. 
Formerly, when you did not know God, you were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world? Whose slaves you want to be once more? You observe days and months and seasons and years. I'm afraid I may have labored over you in vain. Brothers, I entreat you, become as I am. If I also have become as you are, you did me no wrong. You know it was because of a body, the ailment, that I preached the gospel to you at first. And though my condition was a trial to you, you did not scorn or despise me, but received me as an angel of God, as Christ Jesus. What then has become your blessedness? For I testify to you that, if possible, you would have gouged out your eyes and given them to me. But then become your enemy by telling you the truth, and make much of you from the old, but for no good purpose. They want to shut you out, you may make much of them. It is always good to be made much of for a purpose, and not only when I am present with you. My little children, from whom I am again in anguish, the child brought into crisis for an enemy. I wish I could be present with you now and change my tone, for I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you desire to be under the law. Do not listen to them. Do you not listen to the law? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by a slave woman and one by a free woman. For the son of the slave was born according to the flesh, and the son of the free woman was born through the promise. Now this may be interpreted allegorically. These women are two covenants. One is from Mount Sinai, bearing children for slavery, to his Hagar. Now Hagar is, Mount, Hagar is Mount Sinai in Arabia. She corresponds to the present Jerusalem, where she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem above is free, and she is our mother. For it is written, Rejoice, O barren one who does not bear, break forth and cry aloud, you who are not in labor, for the children of the desolate one will be more than those of the one who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. But just as at that time he who was born according to the flesh persecuted him who was born according to the spirit, so also it is now. But what does the scripture say? Cast out the slave woman and her son, for the son of the slave woman shall not inherit with the son of the free woman. To brothers, we are not children of the slave, but of the free woman. The freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Chapter 5. Of freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Okay, Paul. Say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. Justify again to every man who accepts circumcision. He is obligated to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ. You who would be justified by the law, you are fallen away from grace. But through the Spirit, by faith in ourselves, we wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, the only faith working through love. You are running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lot. I have confidence in the Lord that will take no other view. The one who is troubling you will bear the penalty. 
wherever he is. But if I brother still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsell you will emasculate themselves. For you who were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. You should love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law, for the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. For the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. But in such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Chapter 6 Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself, as you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone, and not in his neighbor, for each will have to bear his own load. Let the one who is taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh, will from the flesh reap corruption. For the one who sows to the Spirit, will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not do good. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially to those of the household of faith. See with what large letters I am writing to you with my non is those who want to make a good showing in the flesh who would force you to be circumcised, and only in order that they might may not be persecuted for the cross of Christ. For even those who are circumcised do not themselves keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised, that you that they may boast in your flesh. But far be it for me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision counts for anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creation. And as for all who walk by this rule, peace and mercy be upon them, and upon the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers. Amen. So, this version of the book of Galatians was from the English Standard Version. Particularly, it was from uh, 
English Standard Version. So, so two things to note. Um, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter in the late 40s AD. Um, of course, he was writing to the Roman province of Galatia. Some key ideas in this book. Um, we hold scripture in high regard. I believe it's divinely inspired. Um, it's inerrant, infallible, incorruptible. We believe scriptures God breathes. Um, men were inspired by the Holy Spirit. And we hold fast to the ideas, um, especially on the fruits of the Spirit. And we also see that God is sovereign over all times, places, and persons. We know that knowing Christ um, opens up space for the incomparable fruit of the Holy Spirit. Faith in Christ joins believers to the heritage of Abraham. And we see in this book an indirect appeal, Paul's ministry in the gospel, direct appeals to the Galatians.